Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first instalment of the Dropouts podcast. My name is Matty. I'm joined by my co-host JP and Sean. Boys, welcome, welcome. Let's go, Let's go baby. We made it. We made it. We made it. So good to be here. So good to be here. This is a project that has been, you know, at least three or four months in in the working. So it's good to finally sit down, be able to catch up, uh, and and get things rolling. Shawnee, how you feeling? Mate, pretty pumped, pretty pumped. Obviously, the first episode, we had a bit of a practice run last week, getting all the gear out. It is the first of the month. It is the first month of winter. Absolutely. And it's cold. <laughs> this morning was fucking freezing. Yeah. Freezing. Got a, uh, the boys got in a great session this morning, so yeah, ready to rock and roll. JP, talk yeah. to us. Yeah, good, bro, good, good. Just hit a, yeah, hit a, hit a PB this morning, always a good way to start the day. Five kilos on my on my PR PB. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna put the <laughs> <laughs> yeah good good. good. Just ha- happy to be here. Happy to be here. Well, it's an absolute mm. pleasure to have you here, boys. Uh, surrounded by great company. Hit a hit a PB this morning, which is always good. Uh, we're here on the Dropouts podcast here to uh, bring a bit of light, shed a bit of insight on our journey thus um, uh, through the through the business life and through our personal life, and just you know coming together to just I guess share our experiences and and. Provide Provide a little bit of insight into what it's like when you when you take the path uh, less travelled. Yeah. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, we. Cha- I mean, we even like you, uh, some of you might know we we actually changed we literally changed the name last week yeah. mid while we were recording mid we're all, practice mid practice because we're all yeah. talking about each other's stories and we're like. Oh, you dropped out. Oh, you dropped, dropped out. Oh, we all dropped out. out. Oh, oh, let's fucking what a, what a name. <laughs> Shawnee, give us, a, give the the people out there a bit of an insight uh, as to your your journey to where you are today. And and, and who are you? Who are you, Sean? <laughs> oh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been uh, in the fitness industry, uh, fitness and health industry, for about well, thirteen years this year, I think, coming up. So um, I've been a personal trainer. Um, I probably was that predominantly for um, about nine years, maybe ten nine years, years of that. And, and then, you said you said you were like I remember you mentioned last week you, you used to see your dad train a lot right yeah and that's what yeah. kind of like got you into it yeah it's hundred percent so uh, back in the day my dad was a single parent from probably the age of eight um, I was and uh, yeah he obviously didn't have too many people that could look after us me and my sister so he used to take us to the gym and uh, we used to go go in the pool there or yeah just sit on the couch and just watch so that was a pretty big influence in me getting into uh, personal training um, but yeah yeah that's uh, yeah definitely a, a big influence there but. Uh, yeah, been doing that for about nine years. And then on the back of that, the last probably three years, I think, um, or a little bit longer, I've been teaching, um, which I've been teaching at a place called Fit College um, and now moving into the mindset health space now. So, yeah, it's been a long journey. Learn a lot. Um, you know, when I first, and this will probably come into when we talk about how we came to Dropouts, um, the name Dropouts and what our journey was there. But, you know, my life before that at school and how I was at school and how it's sort of done a f- massive 180. I'm um, getting into the personal training space. 180. 180. Can't gym. Go Shout out to 180. 180. One of the greatest gyms. 100%. In Sydney. Speaking yeah. of 180, you 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 taught Jules, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so how, yeah, yeah that's Jules and then the Leah, who was a who yeah, was yeah. was a trainer there as well. Yeah, so yeah. her Leah, um, sorry, Jules Leah, and then also Sez as well, um, who's oh. a PT now. So. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh, she been? Did she just finish recently or something? Yeah, she finished. I think it was beginning of the year. Oh, maybe? good on her. And then she's now uh, PT at Vision in Balkan Hills. So. Amazing, yeah, amazing. Yeah, JP, okay. JP, what's your story? How are you a dropout? Oh, shit, a dropkick. Yeah. Sorry, dropout. <laughs> <laughs> bit of both. Bit of both. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so my back, I mean, you know, Maddie knows, but, um, Maddie knows from living it, but yeah, my back, my background's Egyptian Sudanese, right? So, mm. you know, everyone, uh, everyone in the family is, 
Gee, you can count the number of people on like a few fingers who like don't have a degree and who, you know what I mean? Everyone's a pharmacist, a lawyer, a doctor, engineer, you know what I mean? Um, so going through school, I always, I always found it um, not tough because I had a great time at school, but mm. I was just, I was never the type to sit behind the desk and like, you know, I was just fucking my knees always. Just <laughs> yeah, you had ADHD, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> too much like energy. Hypo, right? Yeah. Like I was a smart kid, you know, and I did really well in primary school when I didn't have to rely on any work whatsoever. Yeah, I purely I think, just relied think, on... Yeah, I think you were all good on primary school. I was pretty good at primary school. <laughs> yeah, fuck <laughs> yourself. <laughs> I was school captain, bitch. But I, I could draw some pictures, tell you. <laughs> I was prep school captain, all right, motherfucker? Nice, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I, was, I was the library monitor, computer monitor, debating. You, you, would, have been a, you, you would have been a great school and then, captain. Like, as, as soon as I was like, to my parents' dismay, as soon as I hit year seven, I was like, oh, okay, class two. Then like year eight, mm. class three. You're not in class five. And then all of a sudden, like, just dropping just downhill. Off. And that's just because I could no longer rely on my... <laughs> what's coming here? Wrong one, wrong one. Oh, we'll, get it, we'll get it up later. Anyway, I'm fuck, I've got a time limit here, don't I? I can't just sit here and talk about myself. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Go nah, for it anyway, so, yeah, long story short, um, find, I found that difficult um, in terms of, like, just my ability to actually sit down and, 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 and work uh, through the system the way it was prescribed to me, you right. know? Mm. Which is, like, sit down, study, memorise regurgitate information and then produce a result and be ranked, like do slightly better than your colleagues, you know, in order to, you know, anyway. So yeah, then I, um, I went to uni, which was like typically the prescribed path. Uh, I went there for one year and then I just was like a fucking, I hated it. Um, funnily enough, uh, there's only like, I think there's probably like two people that know this, but I said I deferred uni, but really I, um, <laughs> my GPA was, that close to one that they sent me a letter. I'll never forget it. I got it in the mail. And I lived with my parents at the time. So thank fuck I opened the... Yeah. I opened the, the, the mail before them. And I got the letter and they're literally looking at it. And they're just like, you've been suspended. For wow. A year. Suspended? I, like legit suspended. Shit. Like you can't come back for 12 months. I didn't even know you could, that could yeah. happen. Yeah, just a nuisance in it's class. It's cooked, bro. I literally chopped up that letter... I shat myself first and foremost, but I chopped up that letter. No, one's ever, no one had ever seen it. Do your parents know now? They'll know after that. <laughs> after that, uh, mum and dad. Um, yep. <laughs> Following so, on from uni, then you were able to actually make quite a successful career and and, and have proved proved <laughs> the proved the haters uh, wrong. Yeah. So basically, at that point, what choice did I have other than like hit the workforce? So I was like shitting myself. Applied for jobs. Mm. Ended up getting a job in recruitment. Um, <laughs> yeah, agency recruitment was a, a tough gig. Um, did that for a couple of years. It was like really hardcore like environment for sales, which is really good in terms of a shit, that shitty first job, as they say. We used to come in at 8 a.m. In, uh, in the morning, 8 a.m. And my director used to come around with CCADs. And in recruitment, obviously, you want to bring jobs on mm. from companies, recruit for them. And she used to hand out these CCADs. And we used to literally cold call CFOs. Anyway, went on and uh, started at LinkedIn. Um, was at LinkedIn for about five years, but just kind of worked my way up there. Um, that was like dream job for a recruiter to get a job at LinkedIn. So anyway, we can go on about this for, for Yonks, but mm. yeah, got a job at LinkedIn, been working in tech sales for, geez, seven years now. So working at a startup now called Rejig, HR Tech, shout out Rejig, Zero Waste of Potential. Very aligned with the dropouts. Do you think um, your ability to talk shit has helped you in sales? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been talking, that's the thing. I think there's Was a lot of, I think lot you're of a natural. things. <laughs> natural talking shit. Well, since probably working in retail, to be honest, like what, 14, nine months working at Grady, it was called Grady Union, but then now it's Event Cinemas and then Nike. Oh, and then, yeah, so I've just been go. talking my whole Yeah, that's a good place to start, life. isn't it? Connecting 100%. with people, communicating. But what about when, when you got into recruitment, when you went to the agency, was that something that you wanted to do? Was it recruitment or was that just the job you were given? Oh, so 
As in, as in, oh, when I worked, no. So at the time, I had a, I had a girlfriend at the time. Her sister was in agency recruitment, uh, and okay. she was like, "Oh, you know, you're a good talker. You like, you like sales. You like yeah. HR and you know human resources. Why don't you give that a crack?" Um, that wasn't like the, I don't, that was never the plan. I like fell into it right at all. Like that was never the plan. But once yeah. I decided yeah. that. I wanted to move out of there into like a sales vertical role because I knew I was really passionate about sales and business development. So I w- wanted to move into like a purely sales vertical role where I wasn't looking after customers. Mm. I just wanted to sell. And that's when I was like, I'm going to list out these top 10 companies I want to work for. And LinkedIn was at the top of that list. Mm. I ended up like hunting yeah. down four or five recruiters from there. Um, I convinced one of them to interview me and I'll never forget it. I think I mentioned this to you guys, but I remember walking into LinkedIn with like my... Red tie, <laughs> like blazer, you know, briefcase, thinking I'm some businessman. Right. Nice. I walk in there and I'm looking, I, I get to the lobby and I look inside and there's like these software engineers and these other dudes just sitting on beanbags with their headphones and t-shirts on and they look over like... Yeah, you're like, you were f- expecting something super corporate, walk yeah. in, black and white, you know what I mean? I, just, I, didn't, no. I didn't expect to be walking into like the Google lobby, like, uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Right. I didn't expect that sort of vibe, but I was like, oh, this is cool, I guess. I think um, I did that as well when I went for my first personal training um, job after my after I finished my certif- certification, I went in like my best outfit, and then everybody else was wearing um, their track tracksuit pants and their shoes, and I was like, oh, gee, I'm a bit bit out of place here. But yeah, that was my whole perception. There was like, no, I've got to dress well, got to look good, got to smell nice, etc. So yeah, I was the same I, as well. I think I think then as well, like there was not this concept of like authenticity and just being yourself yeah, was true. it wasn't really a thing. It was like. You know, fake it till you make it. Like, totally. be what you think be before they you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think, like, is still true to a certain extent. But I think now it's like, like you know, bring your whole self is much more encouraged. Yeah, accepted, it's actually gone you know completely I mean? the other way now yeah. with, with with corporates because we're so accepting and there's fucking political correctness and everyone can come and and be how they want. It's, yeah. it's gone from being black and white suit briefcase to slowly accepting people to be who they are now we've probably gone the other way now and this is a bit of a controversial argument but i think we've gone too far the other way where it's like hey come and be whatever you want identify as a dinosaur come right in you want to be a guy going into the girls toilets you can do that so that's one for the if you guys are watching this (laughs) on the shorts i think most people would agree that we've gone far the other way 100 100 but but would you would say for example if you had another interview at some stage would you how would you go would you would you dress up? Would oh you yeah, good point. No, I mean, for example, even like you know, if I was to be speaking with another company now, you know, what I mean, I'd be pretty I'd casual. Worked. You know what though? I mean, it's obviously for my industry, that's what it is. It's tech. I mean, for media, it's the same with you, right? Totally. T-shirt and yeah, I, th- I think it's all about authenticity. I think for yeah. me, I, I I wish I was a bad. I wish I was a good liar. I should say, but I think every time that I've ever let in with the intention of, you know, not being honest or not being open and truthful, it's always come back to bite me in the ass. Mm. And that's something that I've done in, in my business and personal life is leading with honesty and, and being open. And I mm. think that often gets you the best result because when you come in with, you know, a, a cover over, people can see through it straight away. Yeah, and, and you feel rigid too. Yeah, you, you do. You feel weird because you're like putting on an act and you're, Correct. Like, you're and trying to follow some sort of script. But on the other side of it, let's go from the other side, if you're a manager or if you're an owner of a business, what would you expect? Would you say yeah. like, okay, well, I'm happy for whoever comes through the door or I'll expect them to be dressed in a certain way? No, I think there's Depends on the industry, I guess. I, I guess it depends it, on the industry depends, as well. But, but the other thing is, is that like, uh, I think, you know, we're, we're all at that point now probably where this is, you know, any sort of partnership or any sort of rela- like relationship from an employer, you know, let's just talk in the job context now, but it's completely mutual. It's the same when, let's just say you're running a business and you, you want to bring a client on. I feel like now we understand like the concept of like mutual benefit. Like, mm. so even if someone was to, 
I was to go into a, you know, an interview or whatever, a certain particular way, or, and someone was to go, oh, that doesn't sit right with me, I would be appreciative and I'd be like, yeah, okay, that means that's not right for me. Yeah. If that person this doesn't place is not right for like me. that about mm. me or thinks that I should be a certain way, then like that's the wrong that's yeah. the wrong person, that's the wrong environment, that's the wrong place for yeah. me. Yeah, doesn't align with your place. values yeah, or whatnot. Exactly right. Because when I was doing management through my PT career, I would expect that high level of, I'd have a high expectation for someone to come in and dress X, X amount away, but that's because that's what I was told over and over again. Like right. if you want to go into an interview, you have to, you know, be before you become, look the part, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So that was my expectation as well when I was in those positions. Totally, yeah. But I think like but even now- But you can now, see through that now. Well, yeah, I think like, that if I- you know that you know mm. that that's just, like for example, then maybe mm. you didn't know as much about the substance, whereas mm. now you know the substance so well that you're like, I'm not going to necessarily judge this book by its cover. I no, know what right. substance and, and attitude and all that stuff looks like. Yeah, well, that's interesting because if someone didn't dress the way that I thought they, they should have or had the expectation, I'll keep it in the back of my mind. Yeah, okay. Right? So, but now, like, you know, things have changed. I think now if I had someone coming in um, and I was in that management position, I'd probably be a little bit more, okay, well, they're dressed like a PT. Okay, cool. Like, yeah. they've got their kicks on, they've got their tracksuit pants on. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. That, that's, that's but fine. You're right. And look, there's a difference yeah. between like the, the wear and the trackies. Obviously, like, you know, someone's mm. not going to be coming in. Hopefully, we're in the trackies that would have been. Yeah, you th alluded to it end. before. Yeah. You alluded to it before that it varies across industries. I mean, yeah, like different. PT coming in from a corporate sector, and then myself, yeah. who spent a long time in hospitality. I haven't ever had those expectations. It was always, you know, rock up, cool barista, wear the cool sneakers, uh, wear true. the cool jeans, you know, whatever it yeah. was. Is it just you, like from the outset, when you started the... Actually, hold on yeah, a second. Let's, How did you even get into a hospital? Yeah, uh, yeah. Inter through that. Uh, interesting story. Well, tell us your story. The story. Well, I, mm. I just fell in love with going to coffee shops and cafes and restaurants. I always had a deep passion and love for food. Actually, wait, mind. let's just uh, con give context to the people. What, what are we talking... Because obviously we know each other, but... Maddie has a, had, had a cafe, but mm. give that context anyway first. Maddie. Right, right, right. Well, <laughs> b before I get into uh, opening the cafe, it was always stemmed from mm. a deep love and passion for food. And that was thanks to my, my upbringing and, and, and mum's cooking at home, obviously, and, and mm. grandmother's cooking as well. Um, you know, come back from a, an Egyptian background, similar to JP and, and, and mum's side being Syrian, always had great food uh, growing up. Family was always brought together with food at the table. So I'm super uh, blessed and lucky to have had that, I think, which you know, planted the love of food and hospitality. Growing up, you have guests come over, you have family and friends come over, you set the table and that's just the love language. It's just mm. how, how we show, um, you know, hospitality and love towards one another. So it was something that came naturally. And I think that combined with um, the cool aesthetic interior design of cafes and just the vibe in general, I was always very attracted to that. So it was just, just something that, you know, always piqued my interest. And having opened the cafe in 2020, um, we sold at the end of last year, but having opened the cafe in 2020, I didn't realize... Mm how long that was you know in in the pipeline because you know boys i was playing footy with and guys that i was growing up with were like far out man i can't believe you went and opened that cafe it was something mm. that we you always dreamed of and do. i only you know i only came to realize that um in the last couple of years so yeah opened the cafe in maryland's in 2020 best best experience ever man mm. I, I learned a lot first business obviously i'd Probably wouldn't recommend. And you were young, man. I was yeah, young. Yeah, that's right. I, I still am young, Which man. It's fucking ballsy to do at such a yeah, young age. Yeah, well, you were like 20, 21. Yeah, I had just turned 21. We had um, went and looked at the site at the F45 in Maryland's. I uh, just turned 20. Um, and then about six to eight months went by. And then we finally signed the lease and got things cracking November 11. It was a Wednesday of 2020, uh -huh. is the day we opened. Hey, so he knows the numbers. I remember, <laughs> that's the, that's the, I remember that's that. It. Yeah, it was an 11 11. Um, so, with opening your business, was there an influence to be a business owner from somebody in your family? Or yeah, was it totally? Mm. I think I think subconsciously, yes. My dad, um, 
Uh, my dad was in real estate for such a long time, had his own agency and was very successful in the hills. Um, and my brother obviously got two older brothers, Michael and Rob, who I love dearly. Um, Rob, super successful in his business, has a construction company. And just, I think, following along in their footsteps and just seeing how tenacious they were and driven they were and intri intrinsically, I guess, motivated um, to go out and pursue those things definitely had an effect on me. And I think, you know, just seeing that, you know, their success wasn't something that came overnight pre-instilled in me the belief that, you know, if this was the first business that I ran and that it failed, I was never scared to take that initial dive and that mm, initial step into nice doing that. And, it, and yeah. it's something that a lot of people, I think, struggle with, which is, you know, oh, you know, what are people going to say? What if it fails? Um, what if it doesn't go right? I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this. All those feelings are natural. And of course, they came to me when I um, went to first open the business. But you silence those. You get up, you, you know, you put your best foot forward and you try your best and often good things come from that. So yeah, like you alluded to earlier, the business was definitely, I guess, around me and mm. something that I wanted to pursue wholeheartedly, absolutely. And that's important, eh? Like if you have that influence from such a young age, I mean, you open it when you're so young. Yeah. So having older brothers, your father as well. Um, yeah, that influence as a child is so important for whatever you might want to do um, with your life. So 100%. No, totally, totally. Well, um, I, I just think, now when I look at, you know, younger kids coming up, I think, man, it's it's so important to have those right role, role models, models and, yeah. and, and figures around mm. you that, you know, make you not scared to go and make those mistakes and not being cradled by your parents to, you know, keep it safe, son, and, 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 mm, and yeah. don't take those risks. I think the only way that we learn is, you know, from falling down and dusting ourselves yeah. and getting back up. So yeah, it's important, like even... <clears throat> What did you call actually? Even when you called a brother bear, I was thinking like it's, it's good. It's important to have a brother bear, you know. Brother I mean? bear, like, yeah. Two older brothers, as I mentioned. Yeah. I think we went through a couple of names, and then that's a bad it's name, good name. Yeah, yeah, just start with brother bear. Um, I think after the name was conceptualized, and we went with the branding, and we drew up the whole logo and everything. Brother Bear to me is just like a friendly, warm figure. The logo for the shop, I've actually got it tattooed here. I Ooh. thought you did. Yeah. Oh, is, nice. Is a silhouette. That's a fucking hectic logo. <laughs> it's a silhouette of like a little boy holding a teddy bear. And then. Wait, shall we change the podcast then? <laughs> <laughs> no, bro, no bro, bro, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> brother Bear's done. Then we'll leave that in the Flown past. The Go on, yeah. But yeah, we're able to help a lot of people at that shop, which I think. You know, we're talking about, I think, success here on this podcast and mm. what it means to be successful. And I think at least my definition of success, I think, has changed after having the business and then selling the yeah, business definitely. because yeah. we, we, we oftentimes we define success as, you know, our income or, or the monetary or, you know, the physical things mm. that we own. And having ran the business now, I think success to me is well, what does success look like? Success looks like going to the gym every morning. Success looks like is defined by the acts rather than the mm -hmm. end goal and it's mm -hmm. the process rather than the end the goal if we're doing the things that you know a successful person does then in by doing that we are successful now mm -hmm. and yeah. I, don't th yeah. I think if you're gonna kick the can down the road and say oh i'm not successful until i have this i'm not successful until i've done that then you'll never truly attain that success and for me success is right now we are all successful by the things that we do yeah. the mm. people that we surround ourselves with yeah. and you know if if you don't have that mindset then i think you'll constantly be trying to attain something and, and you'll yeah. never actually and I, think, I think it's all like relative too right like yeah. i think that often the reason why success is an outcome for some is because that's just at what point of their life they're in right mm. like i mean if at this particular point in my life you know i've got a mate who just had a uh, his wife just gave birth right you know at that at this point in his life is if his outcome is like I want to have these things or I want to have this amount of money that might just simply be because 
that is what he wants and able to be able to live his life. So it makes yeah. sense that maybe his success is potentially defined by an amount of money that he potentially needs or wants to feel comfortable yeah. in his life. You know, so I think it's all like it can be relative, which is why like you know a lot of the time, and I feel like that that definition changes all the time, yeah, right? Like totally. I feel like my my definition of success probably had absolutely nothing to do with money. Mm. What is when your I was definition of success? Yeah. Oh, well, that's, I don't know. I, I haven't really necessarily thought about what mm. my definition of success is, but I can say that it's changed dramatically since I probably last thought mm. about it. And just my gut tells me that now it's more to do with, it is probably more to do with like my earnings at the moment, right? Because mm. like for me now, I've entered a part of my life that is, you know, is it's taking more money out of my pocket. And totally. therefore in order for me to do what I want to do, me and my wife, and then potentially to set us up for, you know, having a family and stuff yeah. like that is more yeah. to do with the monetary right now. But if you would ask me, you know, when I was working at LinkedIn, I'm like, I don't, I do not care how much money goes in my pocket. My biggest thing is like learning, growing. Yeah. And then, and that was a stage and, in your life. And, right. And, and like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Mm. I might get back to that stage entirely, but just right now, right now yeah. that totally makes sense. You know, yeah. and I think the fact that it changes is, is yeah. like, it's good to accept that. Too. Yeah, what about I, you, Shawnee? Yeah. I think that for me, success comes down to you living through your values, finding fulfillment in the values that you hold true to yourself. So whatever your top five values are, um, you know, being able to find fulfillment within those, I think that's what brings success. success. Um, so for example, in my office at home, on one of my whiteboards, I have my top five values and I have my top six strengths. And I find that when I live through those, I find massive fulfillment. Um, and then at the end of those, I'll find that success. And the hard thing about that though, is people, they look for their values and you do this a lot in corporate and in work, like, oh, what are your top, top values, et cetera. But people don't actually know what they, they should do with them. Okay, well, here are my values. Okay, well, great. Um, but what I teach some of my students and also my clients is when we find those values, it's about first and foremost, creating a value statement. Okay, what does that value actually mean to you? And then also creating rules around those values. So for example, my number one value, which has been it for a long time, is health. And I'm, you, you boys have known me for some time now, so you probably agree that health is a big one for me um, through nutrition, through training, etc. And then it goes down to um, my second one is growth, mm -hmm. then contribution, yeah. um, and then it is um, well. Those are my top three. I'll talk about my top three. Leave those, it there. Those, talk about those rules too. I'm keen to hear about like those rules and what those rules. Yeah. So, for example, health, right? Um, my my uh, value statement for health is um, to make sure that I am efficient through my health, through nutrition and training. Very, very simple. And then the rules around those are, okay, very simple rules are like, I'm going to make sure that I exercise five times per week. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make sure that I eat 90% of my food is nutrient-dense, not energy-dense, yeah. and so on and so forth. So when you find these values, whether it's top three or top five, you have to create rules that you're going to follow so yeah. you can find that fulfillment. So you can actually implement them. Yeah, that's so great. I think sometimes it looks like we've just got these goals up on a whiteboard and without having those rules surrounding them. I mean, point. I don't take that mm. approach, mm. but yeah. something I'll probably start doing because yeah. I, lo I love that is actually making sure that it's you know, achievable and yeah. not just some far off. Because so many people wake up and they're like, you know what? Start of the month, we're going to start training mm. this week or yeah. I'm going to start taking my health seriously. Yeah. But what do, when you start to unpack that, what does that actually look yeah. like in your day-to-day -day life? I mean, there could be rules or expectations. Break, or people break those rules, like what does that say to you? I know people you've worked with or, or even for yourself, like if you have you ever had, you know, I guess those values that you'd set, maybe not yourself, maybe mm. a client or whatever, you've values that you've set and then you've gone and seen that either you've broken them or someone's broken them consistently. Does that mean you've, either got to be stricter on yourself or potentially that's not your real values. Yeah, that like might what? not be your real values or, you know, and again, you can do tests and stuff like that online to find your true values and it's hard to sit there and just come up with your values uh, because there's some that you might miss. Okay, so when you go through your values, 
test or when you're looking at those, obviously there's different types of questions that, that can come up with the values that are true to you. But when I look at those values that I have, my top three, I'm like, yeah, 100%. Those are 100% my values, like health, growth, contribution. Um, and again, you know, with regards to how I was at school compared to how I am now, growth probably wasn't something that I was big on back then. And I'll go through my dropout story later, but now it's so massive to me. Mm. I'm reading, doing courses, all those sorts of things like that. So how it sort of works is, you know, there's four things that we look at. So number one, there's stories that we are given as we're children. So between the ages of zero and seven, you know, by our parents, by our Poor culture, beliefs. by our, our religion, mm -hmm. by you know, society. So these stories dictate our beliefs. Yep. So those beliefs link into our values and those values um, link into our identity. And then that's our behavior, right? How we actually behave. So when we look at goals, for example, if I have a goal that I want to try and achieve, if my beliefs and or values don't align with that goal, I'm going to unconsciously self-sabotage. That's right. And this oh, is what happens. Oh, okay. This is what happens with people all the time, right? They have this goal. Yeah, I want to do X, Y, and Z. But because their beliefs and values don't align, they self-sabotage. So unconsciously they do that, but consciously they give themselves shit about it. Yeah. So like, oh, why can't I do this? Why can't I get up at 5 a.m. and train? Yeah, what okay. you know? And and then there's just this <clears throat> cycle that goes and goes and goes. And this is the big reason why people aren't able to um, achieve their goals because their identity don't al doesn't align with it. Right. So what I do with my clients is I go, okay, well, let's figure out what these stories are. And that comes back to people being self-aware of who they are. Totally. That's the biggest thing, like curiosity about who you are. Because we're always looking out like, oh, who's that person, yeah, that person? Yeah, yeah. We're judging. Never we're judging everybody. Never and I'm not saying like, again, people like, don't judge yourself. Yeah, like look yourself in the mirror and be like, Okay, let's let's get to reality. Yeah, let's let's look at it, and I'm then you sure. can obviously go from there. Even in that, can't, in can't hurt me. I, was, I started listening mm. to David Goggins' book, and he's like, like if you if you if you're fat, look in the mirror and say, I'm fat. I need yeah. to lose weight because it's really unhealthy. If yeah. I'm if I'm dumb, say I'm dumb. I need to study. I need to get smarter. And, yeah, and it's, it's good, not yeah. because you're just trying to beat yourself up. It's because you need to come to the terms with what the reality yeah. of the situation yeah. is. You know? So get that reality, and you can bounce off from there. But then again, like you have to figure out those stories and where they came from. So what, is, what was your upbringing like? Because the most important part or the most important time for us is between the ages zero and seven. Yeah, it's That's when you form when your core beliefs. Influential. When you it's very the developmental stage yeah. in terms of ch in child psychology. Childhood. They always, always talk about that. Yeah. Well, you, you so for me, those values are like, that's that's why I looked at those values and those are really important to me. Yeah. So I can find that fulfillment and success, I guess what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and again, like still working on them as you do um, daily, but um, yeah. Yeah, no, I love that. And Sean, I'm going to pose a question to you in a little bit, which is goes back to that that, that story about reading and your upbringing, if, mm. you, if, if you care to share that, because yeah. you've shared that with me a little bit earlier, and I think it'll be a great story for those listening um, about the core beliefs that we form when we're, we're at a young age. And I just think it's, it's crazy how those subconscious patterns are instilled in us between the ages of zero and seven, mm. how we believe about ourselves and, and the things that are, I guess, drilled into us when we're younger. You see it a lot with really smart or really good looking kids i went to, a, to to school with a kid in primary school and he was just he was just one of those kids smart at every subject yeah, athletic. gun athletics yeah. Day, yeah. I, strong in the gym yeah. really good looking good with all the girls and then as he started to get older and we we moved into high school we actually moved from the same primary school into the same high school i started to see him need that validation from others yeah. and because he was so used to that validation externally that as he started to grow and as he started to get older that starts to wear off. And mm. you see that as well with, you know, young or pretty girls that are in the popular group and 
that they, they don't have that attention there to, mm. to, to grasp from anyone anymore and they struggle going into the future whereas and they know, try find it from other things they try and, and find it from other things right? definitely not definitely yeah. not and that's potentially you, men and women men yeah. and women but yeah. you know we're speaking I guess generally across the board here and yeah. then that's where you fall into addiction you look into to, to other substances for me it's my relationship with God, my Lord and Savior, mm. Jesus Christ, so that I can look to Him to be a role model for me, so that I can, you know, go and find wholeness and fulfillment in Him. Um, JP, did you ever have any of those stories growing up where it's like, you know, you, you had these core beliefs that maybe you needed to unlearn, or maybe you're still on that journey now? Um, you know what? I think for me, growing up, um, you know, especially when it comes to things like like accepting who I, I guess accepting who I am and being, mm. you know, being myself. I, I was always the type in high school, you know, I was trying to, in year, year seven, year eight, I was like trying to get in with the Aussie kids, you know, I used to yeah. wear like all the skate brands, like Etnies, uh -huh. Globe, yeah. had the skate shoes and I had like, I was trying to get in with the, you know, with the Aussie crew yeah. and like they were like, you know, a little bit like not accepting and then I had my cousins ripping into me for like, what the fuck are you wearing all this oh, skate? Like that too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I had like, I, I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't even I couldn't catch a break anywhere I was like in between two worlds so um, you know I, I think for me this question is more about identity I didn't really know who I was like you know I, I like I, I'm not ashamed to say it because I think it like shaped who I am but like I, I got like I got shit at school you know early years especially yeah you know I copped a I don't know bullying is a strong word but like it was it was but like and there were times like right I didn't want to go to school like I had anxiety like I get what you're anxiety. saying. I'm not yeah. saying I had like, you know, really. Hey, there's no shame in that. But man. I'm just saying in general, like there were times where, and I don't want to use the word anxiety, but I didn't want to go to school because yeah. I was like, I'm, I, can't, I can't see this person because yeah, right. they're going to fucking give me shit mm. or they're going to pull me down. Like I remember I had one guy like literally grabbed me from behind. He was mate, mate, mates with all the guys in the <laughs> year above. Sad, one of those man. blokes, mate, yeah. pulled me back on my ass when I was at my locker. And then I got up and all these boy, all the boys around me, I'm like, fucking, what am I going to do here? You know, what? I was the same, man. I used to cop it. I remember so hard. Like, and, and me too. Like, I, I, I was a little shit, man. Year seven, year eight, even even started year nine. I think as I started to get older, I started to outgrow it. But I was, I was just a dickhead. I was dealing with a lot of things <laughs> You had home. older brothers too. You're like, I had older yeah. brothers. Fuck, my brother's will bash you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my brother's will bash you. Three bash you. No, man. I, I, there was like one kid in particular that I used to give it to. He's actually a good friend of mine now, but... I just remember looking back at like those things now and I often think about the type of person that I was and I was just like, I was a little bully, man. I was yeah. a little prick and I think that was to do with my upbringing and, you know, certain things. It was things. Maddie. <laughs> we went <laughs> to the same school and it was Maddie. Maddie yeah. pulled you down. <laughs> but alternatively, I used to cop it from the older boys. I was a pretty big kid, man. I was probably the same height that I am now back in oh, year yeah. six and seven. And oh, spewing. So yeah, everyone else started yeah. shooting up around. The, all the year nine, year 10 that. kids when I was in year seven, I used to walk through the yard and they used to be like, hey, fuck this kid. He's like, he's like a really big kid. And they used to just give me shit and I could handle it because I was, I was a tough kid. But I think inside it, it used to hurt, man. I used to walk around and now as I've grown older and I see, you know, even when I'm at, uh, up at Castle Towers or I'm up at the shopping center and I see, you know, someone picking on another kid it hurts man it, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a good thing to be and yeah. it's it just shows that signs of insecurity and i think when you're wholehearted and you're confident in who you mm. are then you don't need to go put that shit mm. on anyone else yeah. because you know you're worried about yourself and you're worried about your own path yeah. so and that's the thing you have to watch out for as well like i'm not saying obviously bullying is not good like 100 percent. but one of the coaching principles that i one of the three that i um try to teach is everybody acts in a certain way for a reason yeah. Like there's always a reason behind it right like what, whatever it may be and for for boys 
um, you know, because at school, bro, we used to like throw each other's bags on the roofs, push each other in the bush. Yeah. Like we used to do dumb shit, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and then you go to the, the principal's office or your teacher, whoever, and they'll sit you down and you go, oh, why'd you do that? And you'll be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but really the reason why is because you want to make your friends laugh you want to be in, yeah, the, in yeah, the cool yeah, group yeah, or yeah. Whatever, whatever it was and we act out in those ways seeking validation yeah, seeking validation to so up, you know into I mean? pecking order whatever yeah, it may be yeah, yeah. and that's school right you're trying to you're totally. jostling for like you know finding yourself in your group it's as well social yeah yeah but I, I, I was literally a, I was a smart ass like I was a natural born smart ass I was quite small uh, growing up um, but still are mate well yeah <laughs> um <laughs> No, no, he's the biggest guy in the fucking gym, um, is what I'm saying. But, like, even though I had a dad that was big, like, that always had that protection, I thought I did. But I was like, like, all the older kids, I would always get dead arms from them because I would be smart ass, I would be cheeky, but because I was pretty quick and I was pretty agile, I'd always run away. Yeah. But then when they caught me, you then it was it. like, I copped it. But, um, yeah, and, and that was, I, I didn't see that as bullying. I was, I was the one no. that was smart ass. I was, you know, yeah, yeah. so. I think there's a, there's a fine line mm. between bullying and. You know, I guess it's all the intention. I think when yeah. you when you're throwing kids' bags around, or, or you know, you're messing around, or you're calling someone a funny name. Mm. I think if it's consistently drilled in someone, that's when it probably constitutes bullying. But when yeah. you're having a laugh with your mates, and yeah. that's just the nature well, of I the mean, schoolyard. Uh, it's probably just it's probably how it's received. It's fucking yeah. puberty, it's man. It's, it's puberty. It's, it's yeah. When you're 14, 15, and I can you're, intend not to hurt your feelings, but if I just chuck <laughs> your bag on the roof, every but day, I'm even gonna be like fuck. Spiel. But would you think that even if you were a bully at school, even in your adult life, you'd probably look back at it and be like, man, that was. That was probably bro, there's one guy mean, who I know now. I'm friends with him, and he used to do that shit. And whenever, bro, it's actually funny because we're in a group of people, and sometimes I'll be like, "It's funny because I'll call him Adam, but then I'm like, am I bullying him back right now oh, by right. saying like Tend this guy tables. bullied me?" And I'll be like, yeah. "I'll be like this guy bullied me in high school," and then people will be like, "Oh fuck!" And then he's like, "No, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. I wasn't trying yeah, to like." Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the times you'll see bullies that have you know grown up and they had such dominance and. Um, you know, a presence on the playground or in classrooms. And now afterwards, they've probably, they've dwindled. They haven't got that ecosystem where mm. they're, yeah. they're, they're validated. Like a lot of them have just like changed too. Yeah. Right? Like everyone, some might take it into the adult, adult, some might take it into yeah. the adult life, some might change. But I think even when I got into like being into year 11, year 12, like maybe I took, you know, and I think it's all a product of your environment, but when you're um, potentially somebody that is bullied or whatever, you might get into that position of power and then you start to do that as well, potentially, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we, a lot of people do go through that. I, I might've gone through that as well when I got into year 11, 12, 13, um, doing the same things that was done to me as well, potentially. So, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting one, boys. Yeah. And I think like the reason school came on uh, as a chat just then is because we were talking about how those um, beliefs are formed not mm. only when we're younger, but but are re reinforced as we as we move through the school playground. Mm. I mean, sports was a big one as well. If you're if you're a popular kid, I mean, sports, I went yeah. to a rugby school. Shout out Oak Hill College in Castle Hill. Great Massive school. rugby school. Mm. Massive rugby school. Mm. Yeah, big rugby union school. And I, I remember even like you know playing in the first fifteen and playing the second fifteen. I was I wasn't consistently on the first team. I, I was a rugby league player by by background. Mm. And then trying to come in and learn the game of rugby was quite uh, challenging. Yeah, a little bit more technical in the ruck, and there's a little bit more going on instead of a simple play the ball. But yeah, I just remember looking up to those year 12 kids when I was in year seven going, man, that's that's the epitome of what a, yeah. a, a, a cool guy at school is. Mm. Dates the pretty girls, mm. captain of the first 15 side. And um, it's yeah. funny how, again, like that's what defined 
what success was when I was younger and now I'm moving up, you know, going through life and success, that definition of success, as you said, is constantly changing mm. depending on the stage and where you're at in life. So mm. yeah, and interesting it, there. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think also like the movies that were around those days back in the nineties and stuff, yeah. it was like the prom king, prom queen, the football star. And obviously yeah, it's yeah, from remember, America. Remember like the we, Titans yeah, and we <laughs> watch those sorts of things. Great movie. Um, but I think like looking back now, I'm like, bro, I wish I was the smart kid. Totally. Like, you know, like how my values have always changed. Always in hindsight. Like, always, always in hindsight. So, yeah. 100%. I, think as well, know, I wish I learned more. I wish I put more emphasis in school, etc. Um, Not so much because there were things that I wanted to do there. Like, I don't like math, science, and all these sorts of things like that. But if I could really get good at um, doing the work, you know, being consistent with doing work, you know, sitting down, working at a problem, problem solving, etc., then I could have been better earlier on yeah. um, coming out of school. When now, I was, you know, like you're going to ask me about the reading, but yeah, please fill us in on that, Shawnee. So, what's the go there with the with the whole reading story? Yeah, it sort of links into that story as well. Like I did a post about this on my Instagram, but when I was, um, I read two books at school. Two. So, Two books. Your whole, your whole school like life. whole school life. Like wow. I probably read books with my parents when yeah, I was a yeah, kid, yeah. but I only read two books. One was The Da Vinci Code, um, <laughs> which I don't know how I read that, but I That's did. That's a great it, book, by the way. Yeah, it was a great book. But then I read another book. I can't remember what it's called. But the reason why I, I sort of had that belief, um, I, the belief was that I couldn't read. And that came from year eight. So we went into class and we did a reading test, as you do, reading yeah. tests, um, numeracy, literacy. And the next day, the teacher pulled me and another kid into the office um, and she said, oh, look, um, you, you boys are two to three years behind in your reading. And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, I can't read. And that was what I said in my head. Fuck. Yeah, I was like, oh. I can't, I can't read. That, that's you can't read. read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine poor little Shawnee. Like, we shouldn't yeah. be laughing at this, but that, that, that instilled that belief that's in you. Yeah, 100%. So from then on, like that, that whole belief was that I couldn't read. So every time that it would be reading time, I would obviously shy away. I would look down. Every time we went to the library, you know, make sure you guys go pick a book so you can read. I'll just be walking through just with my hand against the book. <laughs> Shout just out like, Money Mayweather. You know, and then I'll look out to the, everybody that was reading and I'll get angry at them. I'll be like, oh, these guys, they can read, yada, yada, yada. So nice. anyway, yeah. that, that just compounded this belief over and over again. So I never read other than the Da Vinci Code. Again, I was, I was so happy when I did that. So that belief was instilled from someone who couldn't read for you to pick up the Da Vinci Code and read. I'm I know. Just, just saying, what the? Bro, I read it. I read in two weeks. How long did it take you to read? <laughs> a week or two weeks. What? I know. I don't know. You couldn't read because yeah. oftentimes but those beliefs aren't true. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah beliefs right, are just that. It's funny that that is the specific the book that was chosen. Yeah, when you're like, like I can't I, read. I'm yeah, I get. I don't know why, but so every every time through school, right, like we'll go to English, and obviously you have to read in English. Um, the teacher would give us our book and I'd be like, oh, miss, um, just for my reference, will we be watching the, uh, the video in class? And she'll be like, yep. i like, perfect. Put it in the book, put it in my bag, <laughs> never read it. And I'll wait for us to watch the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I'm a visual, visual learner. I can just think, right? So anyway, that was my belief all the way up until um, how that belief changed um, because I've read a lot of books now, which is, which is great. Um, but how that belief changes when I became a personal trainer, um, becoming a personal trainer was... The first time I was like, this is something that I really love. Like, I could see myself doing this. Wow. Because before that at school, I did economics. I did um, architecture. I did a PE. I did, which was linked into personal training. I did um, all these different things and I tried different things. I just didn't like any of them. Um, even PE. Like, even when we learned about the muscles and stuff, I was just like, mm, I don't want to learn. I don't yeah. care. <clears throat> um, so getting into um, personal training, 
I was like, man, this is something that I really enjoy, something that I love. I went and did the certificate three and four course. And when I got to my first employee, um, they put a piece of paper in front of me and they said, if you want to be successful, you need to read these books. So it was a list of all these books. And I was just like, damn, I didn't say anything. So I didn't want to be like, I yeah. can't read. I was like, oh. How old were you at this point? This was later on. This is yeah. when I was like 21, 22. Fuck. So this was, That's yeah. Heavy, yeah right. um, so what I'd done was I put, put that away and I just started watching YouTube videos. Started watching Les Brown and Eric Thomas and this sort of started my personal development journey and wanting to be successful. Whereas before that, I was just like, bro, I was drinking on the weekends, like just whatever, doing, doing the wrong things. And then my boss at the time gave me a book called Tribal Leadership. And he goes, I'll oh, read this. I think you can become a really good leader within the organization. Read this and then we'll get you another book later on. So got the book and I opened it, read the first chapter, closed the book and I didn't, I didn't um, know what was in the first chapter. Read the first two pages, but I blanked out and I just read whatever. Like, I, I didn't read, time, right? You don't retain yeah. it. You know, you, I didn't retain it. So my partner at the time was an English teacher and she said, what, what you should do is go outside read the book like you're reading to an audience like really enthusiastically yeah. say it loud like you're reading to an audience so i said all right went outside it was nice and sunny and i did that and then i got to the chapter and i was like fuck like i remember what was in the chapter oh. <laughs> and then i did the second chapter and then I did the third chapter and then i read the book and i was like and it was like a massive moment i was like holy shit like i've just read a, this personal development book that if I read these books, I'm going to become successful and become a great personal yeah. trainer. Yada, yada, yada. And then from there, I started like so continuing un, to read. Un, you unlearned that belief. Yeah. So that belief was obviously broken from then. Wow. And then I went on and started reading. And the second book that I read from there, which I recommend for anybody that sort of um, hasn't, hasn't gone through a personal development journey, is called, um, um, uh, what's it called? Um, was it Tribal, Tribal Leadership was the one that I... Oh, I'll think, I'll think about it. I'll come back there. to you. Yeah, I've gone blank there. Um, but yeah, now I've read um, over 50 books in, 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 in the space of like 10 years. Um, wow. And yeah, then that's why that second value of mine's growth now because it's really important. So, that's yeah. amazing, man. So, I've, I've never been a reader myself. I, I like the idea of reading. Uh, there are a few books that I've read, a couple of self-help mm. books and, and, and some of the ones that are, you know, like Atomic Habits and, and your Think and Grow Rich and some of the ones yeah, that are around a lot of successful people that that's say that you should be reading. Oh, yeah. I got it. The Magic of Thinking Big. The Magic of Thinking Big. There you go. Dr. Dr. J. Schwartz, I believe it was. Yeah, okay. The Magic of Thinking Big. Okay. That was a good book because it, it it's, I don't know, it's just... A book about thinking outside of what you where you currently are. Yeah. Like thinking outside yourself, thinking big, thinking like I can do this, etc. So yeah, that, that that was the next book that I read, the magic of thinking big. So that was that was really good. Amazing, JP. Okay. What what do you read, mate? <laughs> read, read. Uh, the the back of the spray can while you're taking a shit. Right? What are you reading? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of time with it. The Shout kid, out the yeah, 180 my, kid, my Kindle's my, my best friend. No, Kindle? yeah, no. Yeah, I, you do Kindle, don't you? Yeah, I do Kindle yeah, because yeah. now because I like highlighting stuff and then going back and looking at it. Um, right now I'm rereading zero to one just cause I'm, you know, I work for a startup and I'm in tech. Mm. Um, the author, his name is Peter Thiel. He's, um, he's one of what they call the, uh, the, the PayPal mafia. So if you didn't know it, and I'm just looking, I'm just making sure I get all the names right. Um, but the PayPal mafia is basically a group of like former PayPal employees. You're excused, mate. <laughs> yeah. Former PayPal employees and, um, 
who've like basically found since founded or developed like companies. So for example, you've got uh, Peter Thiel who founded like uh, Palantir, um, who's you know listed on the New York Stock Exchange. You've got Eric, uh, what's his name? Uh, who, st- who founded YouTube. You've yep. got Reid Hoffman who founded LinkedIn, all like multi-billion dollar. Yeah, here's the companies. So Elon Musk was part of the PayPal Mafia, obviously Tesla, LinkedIn, Reid Hoffman, Palantir was Peter Thiel himself, SpaceX, obviously Elon Musk, Affirm, YouTube, Yelp, Hammer. So it's nuts. These guys are like, these guys were, it's crazy that these guys were all working at PayPal together. It's actually a really funny photo of them all sitting here. Um, and I'm rereading that book and it just talks about like what, what you know, everything about startups. It talks about taking the world from zero to one. It talks about how like we're in this generation now where we have so much, we basically feel like we've conquered everything because he's basically saying, well, because there's no more spaces on the map, people feel like there's no more new frontiers to explore. Therefore, there's almost like this natural like thing that's happened where everyone's gone, oh, well, there's no new places to explore. Therefore, there's no new frontiers to explore in terms of technology. And he talks about how like, when people come to doing stuff in business or in life, they should be looking to take the world from zero to one, not from one to N, which yeah. is what mm. he's just calling like, you know, for you to go and take more of an existing market is going from one to N. From you to go from zero to one is for you to literally change the way, you know, a chat GPT, something the way that the world is done. It's which is often big. where most of the growth happens between that zero and one. And like you can refer back to people's lives and like taking that first initial step, you know what I yeah. mean? And then taking that first dive. Yeah. And he just says like, that's the way that the world is going to transform. And he said like, basically, you know, you've got, you've got economies like China, for example, who relentlessly copy just what the West is doing and what mm. all these other com- countries uh, do because that's just what's done before and that's what's worked. But he's saying that if we were to continue doing things the way that they are done for centuries and centuries, something's going to go wrong. Yeah. We can't keep... Sustain, you say whatever you want. Like, he, talks, he doesn't talk a lot about environmental damage, doesn't talk about climate change or anything like that, but he does say that like, if we were to just keep doing things the exact way we're doing and you know, the earth is... People are to live on and on and on and on, it's not sustainable. So there needs to be innovation to take the world from zero to one. Otherwise, mm. like you know we'll, we'll stall we won't survive and and what have you so yeah, yeah that's, that's that's what good. i'm reading at the moment um he like talks a lot about you know startups he talks a lot about like you know secrets and how like people think there's no more secrets to discover like i was talking about you know new frontiers amazing book so i've uh, re- been reading that um you know i like reading my fiction too um harry potter know. no what's the one harry potter, eh? what's his name um oh paulo coelho he's, 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 he's oh, Chris, christian he's a christian writer mm. actually as well so he's always like like really nice kind of undertones there, mm. kind of like C.S. Lewis-esque. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, he's, he's a great author. So The Alchemist, yeah. um, The Devil and Miss Prim. So there's a the lot Alchemist, of like yeah. you know, just undertones. I think, I think a good point you made there is the second time you're reading it. Second time I'm reading yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think like when I first started reading, I think my whole focus was reading books, just reading books, as right? As many as you can or whatever. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I think people will do that because obviously oh bill gates read 20 books a day or whatever it may be but i think it's important for people to do what you've done and read a book immerse yourself in it but then come back to the book and then start to take notes and then start to implement the things that you find in those books into your life whereas if you just jump from book to book to book to book it's going to be hard for you to implement those things that you need to but um well maddie why don't you tell us about your dropout story (laughs) let's get back to that because jp told us about his letter 
Oh yeah, fuck. yeah. yeah. And then what the about you? Dropout. What about your <laughs> dropout story? Yeah, see, I, I don't. I, I like using the term dropout, and I don't at the same time. Yeah. Um, I would like to use the term defer. Defer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Defer. <laughs> That's what I. Uh, following school, I really was unsure what I wanted to do. I knew that the cafe was something that I wanted to open, and I wanted to be a part um, of the hosp- hospitality industry in general. Um, but just by a means of getting there, getting to that stage, I didn't know how that was going to play out. Mm had the conversation with my older brothers obviously my family um apart from my dad they were all my uncle's side were all around the trades construction building uh electrical plumbing i didn't want to go down that route Mm. i had done you know a a couple of weeks work experience here and there um in the back end of year 12 just to get a taste of it and i just i didn't feel comfortable on a job site it wasn't me and i didn't want to you know wake up every morning and go to a job site um I decided to go to uni. I studied commerce and marketing. I enrolled and I had a great time at uni. It was, it was awesome. I, the reason I went to uni was so that I didn't have to start that nine to five job and it would give me a little bit of time to work at a cafe part time mm. um, and to, to, to go through uni. Went through uni, first semester, flying colors passed and um, me and two mates went on a trip to Bali. Had the best time ever, 18 years old, running wild in Bali. Obviously, just standard large trip, lots of drinking, lots of partying. Um, and I got back to the airport in Denpasar and I was like, man, I don't want to go home. This is awesome. <laughs> I, had the, I had that taste of freedom, that taste of exploring, you know, another country, something foreign, something new, something exciting. And I remember just being there like, damn, man, I, I, I want to go I back. Go so back. I, I booked a trip pretty much like that same day that I was in the airport back. Um, and I had met a lot of solo travelers while I was over there amazing um just people that were out exploring the world by themselves so i booked a trip by myself um to the philippines went for the philippines for three weeks and then bali again on the way home and then through the course of uni i would save up at a coffee shop go overseas for a couple of months come back go to the next semester of uni at the end of that semester travel again um all around south southeast asia vietnam mm, thailand cambodia philippines japan really lucky like that so i like to think that i got a lot of things done at an early age yeah traveled and and opened the business but through uni i had about you know six months maybe a year left on that degree of the commerce and marketing degree and then the opportunity came to open the coffee shop and i just was like man, brother bear brother bear i was like man the, the opportunity was here it was there for the taking i didn't I, the idea of going back to uni while I knew there was an opportunity to go actually pursue my dream of, of opening the cafe was there. I, yeah. Yeah. There was no questions. Mum was upset about it. She was like, come on, go finish Habibi. Degree, <laughs> You're you know? so close, Habibi. Yeah, <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> so close, go finish your degree. Um, and then, yeah, man, opened the cafe and, and, and ran that, thank God. And, you know, now I've got, you know, like I said, six months to a year. If I ever go back and finish that degree... We'll see. It's You're not, off the podcast. He's going back, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll get a new dropout. We're looking for no. a new dropout. He's going back, mum. He's going Look, back. Uh, mum, it's good. Uh, I have a, uh, this is my belief. Again, everyone's entitled to their opinions. I think... Uh, unless you're using your degree to practice, i.e. you're a doctor mm. and you need a, you need yeah. to get your medical degree yeah. to practice or yeah. you're an accountant, you yeah. need that ticket to go practice accounting. Yeah. I just think I learned more running my business in the two and a half yeah. years than I did at, at the two and a half to three years that I was at uni. And that just comes from experience. And, you know, like I even here on, on the podcast, there's things that I want to, you know, have my input and say, but I also want to be reserved and um, I guess not put my input on things that I haven't had experience with yeah. because I truly believe that 
you know, your credibility just goes down if you're talking about things that you haven't actually done. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, hopefully I can yeah. learn off of guys like you. You've done things that I haven't mm. done and, you know, you've done things that I haven't done and I've done things maybe that you guys haven't done. And yeah. to, to be able to learn and, and bounce off each other, bounce ideas off one another, I think is the whole foundation of why we started this podcast yeah, in general. 100%. But I think also like, you know, to, to your point about like, you know, speaking on things that we haven't done, I think that like everyone gets that imposter syndrome i think it's very common right like Mm. even for us to sit here right now like and you know with all due respect to us (laughs) talk about business and success who the fuck are we but like the point is but the point is is that like this is stuff that is you know people get so afraid to talk about because they think oh you know who am i to talk about this or but again it goes back to insecurity it goes back to insecurity i'm afraid of what that person's gonna say but also everyone is so everyone's so caught up on like what has this person achieved as opposed to why don't we all share our journeys and what we are doing and maybe that will like help people or yeah. maybe people will just like to hear that, oh, you know what? Like these guys, you know, they don't necessarily think they're fucking Bill Gates or anything, but they're sharing their stories and, you know, that gives me the confidence to go, mm. you know what? I'm comfortable doing that or maybe, you know, I might try something new or 100%. maybe I feel comfortable talking to mm. people about it because there's a lot of people out there, like at the end of the day, like you said, like we're such an outcomes and, and results focused society. Yeah. You know, especially when it comes to like a public forum or something totally. like that. When in reality, like the journey is something by far and away is the most important thing when it yeah. comes to. Totally. And you were just talking about Paulo Coelho. The whole the whole premise of that book, The Alchemist, is to to enjoy book, the journey rather than yeah. you know, And they, they, what's yeah. that quote? I'm going to misquote it here, but the man that loves walking will enjoy mm. the walk rather than That's the look it up. Get it up look there. It up. You, you, you know what I'm getting at there, but um. But I think also on the podcast, like we're starting this from a place of like, we're not sure, we're just coming on, we're trying to give our experience and expertise and whatever we know. Um, so we've got to be able to say the things that we know because our audience, for those of you out there, they might catch for something, out there. for those of you out there, they might catch something that might really hit them, totally. hit them home from our own experience. So I think like when we look at, you know, being an imposter or having that imposter syndrome, and, and that's something that I've had, 100%, put yeah. my hand up to that. Um, you know, I think that if we can sort of break through that within this podcast and, you know, even have the confidence to say, yeah, I've done that. This is what yeah. I have done. No, I still have stuff to learn. Or I've tried that. Or I've fucking tried that. Yeah. It's you know the what? man who yeah. loves walking. We'll test him. <laughs> we'll Does he know for it? The, we'll work farther. We'll work. <clears throat> walk? Let, let's start again. <laughs> the man who loves walking will walk farther than the man who loves the destination. And yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. Pretty sure I've, I've found another one. <laughs> and I, I'm, I will wait for a round of applause on this one too. <laughs> if you only walk on sunny days, you'll never reach your destination. Let's go. That's great. Mm. I don't know. That was oh, a bit f- lame. <laughs> What do you mean? It's a quote from the same book. Yeah. You really didn't think it was lame? What a dumb book. No. But that, I say that to my clients as well. I'm, I say like, we, we're going to shine the light on the goals, but we want to take the, the light from the goal because we know it now and shine it at the next step because the next step is the most important. Yeah. Right? So oh, yeah. Oh, the next step is the most important. I love yeah, that. Totally. So, and like, let's just, quote yeah, me. I mean, even even for us here, like, I mean, you know, I remember when Shawnee came up and he first mentioned the podcast, so I'll do a podcast. And we're sitting at the cafe after the gym, 5 a.m. Shout out to Elevate, Elevate Specialty Cafe, one of one, coffee, one of Carefree. the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> Elevate Specialty Coffee, uh, we need, one we, of the we greatest need sponsors, cafes in uh, Sydney. Elevate. We need some sponsors. Get some toasties going. Ruben Sandwich, one of the goat toasties. <laughs> and Shawnee's sitting there and he's saying like, oh, like we should do a, oh, because we're just having good conversation. We're like, oh, we should do a podcast. Shawnee's like, I want to do a podcast. And I remember, I think we were there and we're like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, podcast, podcast. And I'm like, yeah, nothing's going to happen. Sweet. I don't really mind because I don't know if I'm comfortable or, or comfortable yet to do a podcast or even want to do one. And then, um, Shawnee comes the next week and he's like, 
boys, I bought the, I bought, I bought the deck. Yeah. I bought the deck, we which is the, like what, what you're looking at right here. Here we are three months um, later. And then he's like, go buy your headphones. And I, and I always just say this, but you know, Shawnee, obviously very action oriented, if nothing else, the most action oriented person I know. And you know, that you saying like the, the next step is the most important one. I think that's one thing that like a lot of people get hung up on. It's even me. Like mm, I, th- I think yeah. so much, everyone thinks so much, but I think so much and I always think about the big picture and the yeah. long-term goal so much that I think about what can get in the way as opposed to just taking that first step. Just take the first fucking doubt, step, you know, man. Alex Wallace, he talks about action. it all the time. He so said it takes yeah. 20 hours roughly to learn a skill, but people often put off the first hour yeah. for, for years and years and years. Mm. You just got to get stuck yeah. in, man. But I also like think that. that people with skills that they're trying to learn, they expect themselves to know it straight away yeah. as opposed to failing, trying again, failing, trying again, and then acquiring the skill over time. Totally. As opposed to just going, oh, I should know this skill now and not being, and not sort of saying like, okay, well, if I don't get the skill straight away, that person's going to think of this way. That person's going to make, like if we're at the gym, for example, you know, when we do our practice for muscle ups at the end of it, you know, there's a crowd of people, but we don't care. Yeah. Like, I don't care totally. if I can't get it up. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep ma- trying. But, the big but then th- yeah. there'll be other people there that don't want that. They don't want to go and oh, practice go and give it because they yeah, don't want right. to. But it's not just they don't the fail. What gets they that person see. up there? What gets that person up there who doesn't want to? It's the cheer squad around it's them, right? It's a cheer squad. It's, a, it's so, environment. And that's, yeah. that's the beauty of the thing we have is that like a lot of the time when people are going and chasing these goals or whatever they want to do, they, they don't they don't necessarily have, they might be sitting in their house on their own during the day, like ha, like trying to G themselves up. And I think that that environment, having that like, you know, people call whatever you want. Some people call them the accountability coach. Some people mm. say like having like the right team around you to like motivate you and-, yeah. and, and So they don't stop short, but it's also a skill set, but it's not even just attaining the skill. It's even attaining success. If we can find that photo, we'll try and put it up Which right photo? here or here. There's a photo of two guys, one's on top, one's on the bottom and they're like- Digging for gold? They're digging, yeah. they're digging, they're digging, they're digging. I don't know where you were going. And that guy, he <laughs> stops just short and he's like, fuck it, I'll turn it around. And the other guy yeah, just yeah, keeps yeah. on going yeah. and he's, they're both at the it's same that, point. It's that consistency. Totally. Yeah. And that's the thing, that there's three questions that you can ask yourself, right? Like number one, are you good at starting things? Number two, are you good at maintaining things? Or number three, are you good at finishing things? And you'll probably find that most people are good at starting things. Because when you, when you look at a goal, let's say, for example, this podcast, we can visualize ourselves having 5,000 followers and, you know, having all this stuff and 1,000 episodes and being on Joe Rogan. We can visualize that <laughs> yeah. so we can get excited in the moment. But when we get down and sit down and do it, yeah. and then we do podcast one, two, three, four, five, and we have one subscriber, and then we go six, seven, eight, we have two subscribers. Yeah. Are we able to break through that and continue to go? Totally. Because yeah. you've got to ask the question, is it that we need that longevity of consistency or is it that we our content's just shit? Well, it's so you know easy I mean? at like, the start to start. I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying that's going to happen, obviously, but... And that's the thing. There's, there's so many variables, right? And like we always talk, we talk about the fact that, I don't know, what were those stats? Like 70% of podcasts don't get past episode three. Yeah. 90% yeah. don't get past episode yeah. 20 or if you If you do 21 podcasts, you're in the top 1% top of podcasts. There you go. Like, we're coming yeah, for the really, top. Yeah. We're coming for the top, top We're coming, we're coming. Those three questions, Shawnee, I just want to pose them to the audience so we can, we can probably wrap things up on the yeah. first episode. Those first three questions, uh, those first three questions that you just alluded to, are you good at starting things? Yeah. Are you Second good at, question. Yeah. Are you good at starting things? Are you good at maintaining things? Or are you good at finishing things? Right. Yeah. Um, but let me let me take you through my dropout story as well before we wrap up. Yeah, too. go on. In terms of what happened Please. with me with uni, which was my my whole uni journey was a way shorter than both of yours by by far. So obviously had that school experience where, you know, I just went there to play footy and, you know, play sports and eat my lunch. Um, coming out of that, my dad really wanted me to go to uni. 
um, I think my sister, she's two years older than me. She went to uni. Um, I think she was the first one in our family, I think. Um, and my father was a single parent from when we were seven or eight or when we were young. So I think for him, it was like, you know, he wants us to be able to go and do our best. And at that time, I was going to university. Hmm. So I remember finishing school. Um, and all I did was, because I was 18, went out with the boys and drunk and etc. So when it came to that next year, when it was obviously January, February, when it was time to go to uni, everyone was going. Um, I hadn't signed up. I hadn't done anything. I was telling my dad, yeah, 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 no worries. And then I obviously knew that I wasn't going to go. So me and my dad were driving in the car. Um, I remember this specifically. I think we were going to the gym or something. And I was mustering up the courage to like, tell him, yep, not going to uni. Mm. Um, and my dad's like a very, very big guy, very, you know, very strong guy. Um, very, I respected him a lot, obviously, and I respected his opinion. So I mustered up the courage and I said to him, oh, dad, look, I'm not going to uni. And he goes, yeah, I, I sort of figured. And he said, look, like, you're not going to uni? Well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to work, yada, yada, yada. And he said, okay, we're well, going to have to pay rent at home. Okay, no worries. I didn't eventually, eventually I didn't end up paying rent. My dad just let me just work and whatnot. But then towards the end of that year that I worked, I decided, okay, I'm going to go to uni. Again, was it because I wanted to or was it because my dad wanted me to? Uh, you know, maybe in, in between. Mm -hmm. But very, let's make it very clear. My dad never pushed me to do it. Yeah. He was just happy for me to go. <laughs> if I, you know, he'll be very happy. So then I went to uni. The next year, it was all exciting. My <laughs> sister was already at Auckland University and then my uni was um, in North Shore, so I had to go through there. So I used to go hang out with my sister in the first semester, made some new friends, all this sort of stuff. I was doing a sport and rec um, diploma, I believe it was. Um, and so we did the first semester and then we had our holidays and we had some assessments that, that were due. So through the holiday period, I can't remember how long it was, maybe two to three weeks, I didn't do anything. Again, I was 18, 19. I was going out, partying, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, like full on. And then it got to the morning of me having to go to class. So I was sitting at the, my desk at home, typing some things up. And it was like, okay, eight o'clock, the bus is coming. So I was typing, 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 7.30, typing, 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 got to eight o'clock. Obviously, I'm going to miss the bus to go. And I made the decision right there and then. I'm not going to uni anymore because I missed the bus. <laughs> that was the catalyst. That, that was the catalyst. That's a hectic story. And then I didn't, I didn't go back. So what was the degree? Why did you drop out of uni? It was a sport, diploma in sport and rec or bachelor in sport and recreation. Yeah. And then you can go on to um, physiotherapy. or You, can you go got to make the like bus tea. first, mate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So that sort of shows you just that my mindset within, with regards to learning and growth. And again, in that, in that period between then, and I moved to Australia the year after um, in 2008, Moved to Australia um, and then, yeah, that was just obviously a big time of me just partying and being young and not having responsibilities and wow. being an irresponsible person, like actually quite immature. 2008, just starting. Damn, how old are you, Shawnee? Okay. That, just, just for the record here, let's go through eight. So, Shawnee? So, I'm 35, 36 I, in fuck October. Fuck, looks good for 36, Ew. man. Jesus. Yeah. JP? Looks good. 30. 30. 30. 23. Here, so yeah. younger. So we've when got are you a, 24. When are you 24? Uh, June 10. Oh, June 10. Oh, June 10. Middle of winter. That's it. So we've got a big, we've got a, quite a now. good one. Old. Didn't want to put it on you, Sean. You just thought we were no, no, transparent. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. So yeah, so <laughs> that was it. You put it on was it. Yeah, dog. Bucky looks good though. So that was a dropout story. Single? Yeah. Yes, single. Oh, there's a bit of a bit of a break in the voice there, eh, Sean? Yeah. Yeah, single. Single, JP? Uh, man, <laughs> no. Single, no, no kids. Yeah. Single as well, bro. Single, ooh, all right. At me. 
Nah, yeah. <laughs> and that and that's really how we came up with the dropout story. So this is what we talked about in our practice. Yeah, that's right. So Maddie went, then JP was like, "Oh yeah, me too." And then I went, and then oh, oh hey, changed oh, the name. That's pretty good. Well, guys, yeah. thanks for joining us on the first installment of the Dropouts podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for bearing with us. And if you made it to the end, be sure to jump on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. Ooh. We're there live. Uh, we'll be recording once a week at this stage. So tune into the next episode. We appreciate and love you guys all. Shawnee, anything? 100%. Thanks, fam, bam. Episode number one. We are going for 100, 200, 500 episodes. So we're going to be here for the long walk <laughs> to the moon. Longevity, right? That's what we're looking for. So, yeah, That's looking it. forward to the next one. Um, love it with the boys. And, uh, if you yeah, have any questions, go. make sure you send them in yeah, the DM. Again, questions, feedback, anything. Yeah, questions yeah. would be great. It would be great to have some topics to talk about that the people want to hear all three of you yeah. and in the next couple of weeks we're definitely looking at probably getting some hosts as we as we move through some episodes some guests, uh, some guests, some guests sorry yeah, some guests, yeah. so uh yeah shoot us some uh, recommendations love you guys Eww. thanks Kane. Let's, let's go,